At the end of each week, I will sit and contemplate, what did I think about this week? What insights am I having in my marriage? What grabbed my attention in pop culture? What new mommy moments did I experience? Whatever makes my highlight reel at the end of the week is going to be a part of the discussion. Join me. Let's talk about it. Whether you're looking to take care of lunch for the day with my dish of the week, a romantic dinner for two for you and your spouse, or even if you're celebrating a birthday, check me out. Hi, my name is Sephacor Deckvor, and I'm the chef and owner of Sweet Cheeks Eats Catering. Please follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Sweet Cheeks Eats with a Z for all of your catering services. Thank you so much, and I look forward to your business. What's good? What's popping? What's cracking? What's happening, everybody? You are tuned into another episode of What Did I Think About This Week? Brought to you in part by OTSGuys.com. I am your host, Janine, aka the Queen of Clash at Bougie Thuggin all day, every day. And if you're listening to us on live on Six Families Radio, shout out to you. Shout out to everybody listening in on all podcast platforms. It's a joy. It's an honor whenever we get together. Uh, today, we have a show favorite. She's definitely no stranger to the pod. My best friend, Sefi. AKA owner, chef, CEO, schedulist, delivery girl of Everything. Sweet Cheeks Eats. I do it all. I do it all. <laughs> I run it all. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, today, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but it's fine. Because whenever we get together, um, we talk we a lot. We figure it out. It comes. It comes naturally. It does come naturally. Uh, today's episode. Well, no, let me not do that because I don't know what the legalities are of just calling somebody your sponsor. But today's vibes are inspired by. Is that word? Today's vibes are inspired by Uncle Nearest Whiskey. I have been. I feel like I am a silent partner. I've just been going around spreading the good word of Uncle Nearest all damn day. Um, for those who don't know, little backstory, story time with Nina. Mm-hmm. Uncle Nearest, okay, rewind. Okay, back in the day, way back when, Jack Daniels, as we know him to be one of the most popular whiskey creators or whatever, uh, um, Jack Daniels arrives at a farm where he meets slave Uncle Nearest. And Uncle Nearest takes him under the wing and teaches him how to distill whiskey. And fast forward to when um, Jack Daniels creates a name for himself and creates his own whiskey company. Um, Uncle Nearest was the master distiller there for years until he passed. And so fast forward into current day, um, a black woman by the name of Fawn Weaver, I believe is the descendant of Uncle Nearest, if I'm not mistaken. But she basically does her research. Um, She ends up buying over 300 acres of land that was the farm that Uncle Nearest taught Jack Daniels to distill whiskey. She bought it. Um, If you look at the Jack Daniels bottle, you know that the moniker is the number seven. And if you look at Uncle Nearest's bottle, the house on Uncle Nearest's bottle was actually the house that became distillery number seven. Dope. It's super dope. Yeah. So it all kind of comes back full circle. 
Um, shout out to Kenny Burns for spreading the message because I saw him on Breakfast Club talking about it years ago. Saw him recently on 85 South Show talking about it. Um, if you're from Atlanta, you know Kenny Burns' name. Um, you would hear him on like V103 a lot. He is a lifestyle specialist. I believe he did for, for Sisters Only. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so it's just it's, it's dope at how people who are in the entertainment industry are able to elevate or amplify voices and amplify stories, et cetera, et cetera. Especially ones that we didn't know about. And it just even more proof to the fact that we have created everything, but yet everything, everything. was stolen from us. Yes. Yes. But the cool thing about Uncle Nearest is that like it wasn't a situation where there where like the white man came and stole it. True. Like he took him under, he took under, him the under wing. his wing. Yes. yes and but... he is like credited at teaching. Well that's good. Yeah. I'm glad that that's it's a very rare that, that happened. Very rare. <laughs> so I stand corrected. Yes. That's very happy happy that happened that way. So it's good. Um so now I don't have to cancel Jack Daniels. Right. Like, I can still drink it. I would just buy Uncle Nearest first exactly. or along with. There you go. Um, you can go to your local liquor store. I can speak. You can go to your local liquor store. <laughs> Bottles like forty-four dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, um, it's within everybody's price range. You're on your phones all day scrolling and looking at the same bullshit anyway. So why not research the story about Uncle Nearest on your own time and be enriched with with Black history? There you go. Fun fact. Fun fact. Um, so before we get into what did I think about this week, a few words from our sponsors. This is, this is Tuesday Night Venom. Venom with Vinny Venom. Salute the general, bitch. Hey guys, how you doing? Your boy Dwayne here, and I got a question for you. Let me ask you this. Are you tired of your information having the same old boring opinions mixed with little facts? Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah me too. So let me ask you this. Do you like factual information with a sprinkle of opinions on top? Yeah. Are you into gaming, music, sports, film, TV, fashion, and media? Yeah, I'm into Well, come on over and join us on the sidelines. Check us out at OTSGuys.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at OTSGuys. Now, put me in, coach. I'm going in. All right, so last week we spoke about um, the Nick Cannon situation and being fired from Viacom, Viacom due to controversial comments, woopty woopty woop. And I saw where both uh, Diddy as well as Oprah basically said that they want Nick to come to their stations. Mm-hmm. I've seen people be in support of him going to Revolt TV with Diddy. With Diddy. Mm-hmm. People are like, stay far away from Oprah. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. What's this newfound like turn on Oprah? Is it because of all this Black Lives Matter and you, people feel like she what she didn't speak up as they feel like she should have? Or like I feel like Oprah's been getting a lot of like where it's like oh Oprah and now mm-hmm. it's like that's what I was gonna ask you too because I don't know I, I feel really like know. I just hey if the black if the streets tell me I'm not supposed to focus <laughs> I, on me, I just don't. You gotta listen to the streets now. Right, and I ask questions later, but it's been a while where they just feel like Oprah is not really for black people. Um, and I think especially since Black Lives Matter, she's not really as vocal and she's supposed to be one of the more powerful voices or people within our community. So I don't know. Um, if anybody knows and could shed a little more light, that would be great. Yeah. Um, I wonder too, 
It's like, just because I choose not to vocally say something, does that mean that I'm not for the betterment of my people? True. Like, if, 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 if I've employed black people, if I've been telling our stories, whether it be through movies or television shows, if I've been financing um, different movements, if I've been a silent partner, because I'm not vocally saying anything on social media or on the networks, what does that mean? But I feel like this this is not like something that just ends overnight like this is going to be a continuing thing this is going to continue to happen so it can't just i mean even if you are doing all that you know that is amazing and as you should be doing but i feel like if you have that type of platform and have that type of voice where you can reach people don't waste that. Yeah. Like, don't don't not say anything. Like, well, you know, I employ black people and I built a whole studio in Atlanta. So, like, you know, I'm speaking obviously for Tyler Perry. Yeah. But it's just like, this doesn't stop. You have to continue to put it out there and mm-hmm. you not saying something. It does seem a bit like, okay, what's going on? Like, this is something, you have a platform that's bigger than my voice. People will listen to you mm-hmm. more. Use it. For sure. And I did a, um, on... My other podcast, Pass the Ox, shout out to Dylan, shout out to Derek. Um, we had an episode uh, about about Juneteenth and our guest that day, Rick, was saying that, yes, I don't feel like I need artists or entertainers to speak for me. They're not obligated. But at the same time, we can't deny that they can amplify, which I said earlier, like they can amplify what's happening or how we're we're feeling or what we're trying to get done. Get the word across a much quicker than possibly me or you yes, could. Absolutely. Exactly. So um, someone, an entertainer um, who is using their platform responsibly to um, push forward our progress or our evolution as black folks is um, Ice Cube. We love Ice Cube. Ice Cube is amazing. But I have just been informed that or just found out rather that he is creating the new Negro Constitution, um, a.k.a. the black contract, which is basically a list of demands that you know, he feels that we as a black community should present to politicians or government officials so that, hey, if you want our vote, you need to check off the things on this list. And if we do vote for you and you agree to doing these things now, we can hold you accountable. And I think that that's dope because I think that a lot of what we see a lot of people saying when it comes to our progression and our power is really the lack of organization and although black folks were not a monolith and we all have different views and different wants, there are some key points that we should all be able to agree upon and demand from our leaders. Absolutely. I, I didn't know anything about this, but I think that's amazing. And I think it's also a thing of sticking to it, though, mm-hmm. because I think we have a tendency, like even with the riots and stuff that's going on, like we went, they were going hard with the riots for maybe a good three weeks. And then it's like, as the government always does, they give us a little bit here, a little bit here to satisfy us enough to get us off your back. So with the painting of Black Lives Matter on the streets and changing of the street signs, like that was a little like, okay, Okay, here's a piece of a cookie to kind of yes, enough, here's enough to satisfy you for now, so that you guys can stop the riding and we can continue on. It's like, but that's that's bullshit. Like we need to be able to stick with real it. change. Yeah, because three weeks is not it's done, and we're right back to the same mm-hmm. shit again. Right. Um, let's uh, let's explore this 
this contract with Black America, shall we? Um, you can find it on IceCube.com. I'll put a link in the um, in the episode description. But um, so it starts with this. After 400 years of unequal treatment, Black Americans have had enough with gradual reform in a nation that prides itself as the world's greatest democracy. While well-intended solutions may have been tried, it is simply not much to ask an oppressed people to stay patient. Oh, it is simply too much to ask an oppressed people to stay patient. To finally create the more perfect union all Americans deserve, it is time for a complete paradigm shift in how we run our institutions and operate our country. While this contract with Black America may seem radical to some, the result will be a harmonious society that benefits everyone rather than the more radical alternative, which is watching the great American experiments come apart at the seams. Wow. Um, so before I move forward with that, a couple things I want to point out. What's wild to me is that when black people or marginalized groups will talk about black people because I'm sick of that. <laughs> so when black people start to demand justice, which is supposed to be for everybody, that is somehow deemed as being radical and it's supposed to be a basic human right living here in America. But it's a basic human rights for everyone except for blacks. Yeah, but then when we speak on it, oh, you're being too radical. Mm -hmm. Like, you're too militant, it's too much. Mm -hmm. And another thing I've seen many people say, like, be thankful that all we're asking for is equality and we're not looking for revenge. revenge. Be thankful. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm talking, like, with the rises, that's a prime example. And it's like, y'all are sitting here making noise about that. And even in those situations, like, even in that, be grateful that that's all that was done. Like, what could have been done, it could have been 10 times worse than that. Yes. But were you talking about, oh, your mags were taken down from statues. Some statues should have been taken down. Period. It should have been down. And then my thing is too, okay, even with the statues, I feel that history is important. Like we have to know our history and if you don't, then it's doomed to repeat itself. A true history. True history. <laughs> so like if you have these monuments that are up and they're in these city squares and they're supposed to be this this statue of pride, who is it prideful for? Because it's prideful to you maybe, but it's a constant reminder that we've been shitted on like this document says over for 400 centuries. years. <laughs> right. Okay. So I saw someone or someone told me that a solution or a compromise could be don't burn it down but like maybe put it inside of like a museum somewhere even though like to me burning it down but like i think that that's a decent compromise like let's not put it in a place where it is a sense of pride or that is glorifying this person but it is a part of history put it inside of the museum and on the little description in front of it tell the truth and but and that's even my thing like even with it being up, like, because of what happened, it was probably going to be put up regardless. But if you're going to put it up, put the true description. Yes. That's all. I, I wouldn't even mind if that was the case. Just put the real facts on that little plaque mm -hmm. that tells you what this is about. Put who that person really was. Don't give them the bullshit version that you yes. lied and told us in history books mm -hmm. for, for decades and decades. Like, yeah. nah, I'm not trying to hear that. And this kind of takes it back to the Nick, Nick Cannon conversation. Like I said last week, you know. When, because we in school, we learn slavery up until now, right? You don't care to teach us about our history, our lineage, our story before slavery, right? So we're finally getting to a point, thank, thanks to the easy spread of inf information and being able to research on 
on your own, we're starting to be more enlightened about what our history really is, what our lineage really is. And what's wild is that when we start to speak on this history, when we start to speak on the facts, now we're causing hate speech. Yeah, but but that's because they don't they don't want us to know the true facts. They don't want us to know that we came from royalty. That they don't want us to know that we are the foundation of why we have everything, everything. we have today. Because if we had that type of knowledge and we know our type of work, they know that we would take over and they would, they would go extinct the rest of the world. So they don't want that. So yeah. of course they're going to give you the painted over version of Christopher mm-hmm. Columbus found it, but you can't find fucking places. How can here. you find a place people that is already here. people were people living here? It's, it's, it's not how like, it works. Yeah. It's not how it works. They don't want us to, because they know that if we finally understand that, understand that meaning of unity that we used to have, we fucking take over. Right? Ooh, child. <laughs> we we would take over and they they don't they are not ready for that and they know that that would turn all their shit upside down. And to play white devil's advocate, shout out to Charlemagne. Um, <laughs> to play white devil's advocate, what I say the in reply to that is As we do learn more, I think that we have to be responsible as well, right? Because I totally understand that once you've been awakened to the fact that you do come from royalty or that we do have a very rich lineage, it's very easy to become passionate and want to uplift our other black brothers and sisters, right? But you got to be careful to not then in return become hateful. And I know that it's easy because we've had so much hate thrown onto us, but it's, 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 it's okay to be prideful. It's okay to have black pride. It's okay to support black people. It's okay to uplift black people, but that should not make you hateful towards other groups because that becomes dangerous. Right, absolutely. Yeah. And that's where that, that line of revenge comes into place. It's like, you're not, this is now past that. This is now solely like I'm doing this to get back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's happened our ancestors died for for us to be able to do what we're doing today so it's like do what you can do today as far as the resources that we're given now mm-hmm. and you know let them be proud of that you know what i can go on to know that my next generation and mm-hmm. my kin are still living on and fighting the fight for, for sure for us and i encourage everyone too because i'm somebody who i refuse to watch slavery movies i didn't want to watch selma I didn't want to watch Just Mercy initially. I didn't want to watch these movies that I knew would make me upset and (laughs) turn into some hateful feelings because it's easy to feel triggered. Like they did us so dirty, but I think it's important that as hurtful as it may be, it's important to still watch it and to know that this shit was not that long ago. So like Just Mercy was late 80s, early 90s. You know what I'm saying? So it's important to know that this is what happened. This was still very recent. So the fight cannot be over now. Yeah. Like, like you still have a responsibility now that we're older. You still have a responsibility to carry that torch and to move towards progression of justice and equality, etc. Mm-hmm. And if anything, watching those movies, at least for me, you know, it's more of just like, like damn, like you guys suffered and endured so much. Mm-hmm. Like, the least, the very least I can do yeah. is... And they handled it so gracefully. Like, right. That's what I'm saying. We couldn't... It, God knew who <laughs> God's to put... Plan. God's plan knew who would be the ones to make it during that time. Because the way our generation set up, oh no, there'd be no way. 
Because I think about my great grandmother was born in 1929. So she lived through the worst of worst times. But growing up, I never heard her hate white people. I never heard her feel like it just wasn't there. So I just feel like they overcame so much with so much grace and they tried to pass down that I don't even know if it's understanding, but like love and compassion and knowing that we still have a fight to do, but there's a way to do it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I keep saying it's not so long ago. Like my mother, she always tells me the story. Like my mother, she used to pick cotton when she was young. Like that's how not long ago it was. My mother just turned 60 and she that's used to wild. pick cotton when she was, cause she grew up in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So she's like, yeah, I used to pick cotton when I was young. They used to have us out there. But I was like, my, my mother just turned 16 Yo, like, similar situation my dad is what 52 it's fi- definitely not older than 55 <laughs> so between 50 and 55 and he moved down to Georgia in the Dunwoody area I believe um, from Cleveland in like the 80s and he said that the level of racism that he experienced even then in the metro Atlanta area was very overt like blatant to the point where he was getting in fights to where he felt like he had to defend himself and this is like you said our parents that's not that that's long not ago. that long ago it's not honestly that long ago. yeah that's that story I always i'm like that's that's crazy to think that like that is what you grew up with so you i can only imagine what right. this is just like a constant like oh whoa that was when i was three <laughs> right like not that long ago and then two I think it's important that we take our parents' stories, acknowledge that that's real, that's what happened, and they have their feelings towards white people, the system, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But then acknowledge what our upbringing was like where we grew up in a very diverse community. Not not many white people. (laughs) Some. Yeah. But I personally have never experienced overt racism. Have you ever? Um... In China, yes. <laughs> China yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, I can't recall any like particular. I remember there was one situation when I was younger that I vaguely remember. It was me, my mom, and my brothers. We were at the mall somewhere, I think, and um, we were getting into the elevator, and um, I was young, and my brothers were maybe in their teens, early teens, and um, this white lady walked into the elevator, and as soon as she walked into the elevator, like she was standing next to my brothers and immediately like clutched her bag. Oh wow! And oh, my, my mother was like, mm-hmm. uh, my mother kind of looked at her, was like, oh, "You don't have to worry. They wouldn't be wanting to steal anything from you anyway." Like we're good. We're good. So yeah. of course, you know, has this ghost white look on her face. That was vague, but like honestly, the most would probably be in China for sure. And what I did learn was most of it. And that's being nice. That's being nice. 85% was not malice. It was not out of malice. It was truly just, um, I've never seen a black person this Mm. up and close. It was more out of pure ignorance. Just like, I've never seen this, so it's more of curiosity. Mm -hmm. And then you got the rest of it, and it's like, no. It's the blatant, you know, oh, we're going to assume you don't speak Mandarin, so we're going to say all sorts of monkey and dirty things like that in front of your face, and we're going to assume that you don't speak. Now, for most of the part, my, you know, my Chinese is horrible, so I didn't know what you were (laughs) saying. But, you know, you pick up with keywords, you know, obviously friends tell you, like, keywords to listen for. Yeah, and you know when you check them on or something, then it's just like, how did you check them? I, I'm interested in how you. It, me, not personally, okay. because like I said, my Chinese was not very good. Mm-hmm. But it was like I would 
hear certain words and the thing with them is like even repeating certain words they automatically just assume you understand what they're saying so me just saying like repeating what you just said to me they're like yeah you caught fuck like yeah. and then of course it's just the look of complete embarrassing mm-hmm. embarrassment and guilt but it used to happen all the time like the the constant touching and just a bruh it my was, goodness you're a strong black woman bruh. because don't touch me <laughs> don't do that bruh. It was, yeah so that would probably be the most time in my life that i experienced the most racism was in china mm-hmm Ooh, child. Let's 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 talk about some key points that are brought up. And and what I think is dope about this contract, again, is that um, we're trying to create one document. Again, we know that all black people don't think the same. We don't have the same wants, dreams, etc. But these are like basic things. And uh, what's cool about what Cube is doing is that he's opening up the floor to where if you've been working on something similar like let's put our heads together so that I hear so that we're hearing everybody's side and so that we have one document versus a whole bunch of different groups trying to present it in different places let's just all be on one accord mm-hmm. um, so one of the first uh, points is black opportunity and and representation um, sub bullets include Um, a system of reparations, affirmative action for all secondary schools, colleges, and universities, public and private, Uh, mandatory civil rights and anti-racism classes in all elementary schools, yes, Um, black representation on all government civil rights investigative bodies, yep, Uh, reform gerrymandering, Uh, more polling sites in minority and black neighborhoods so that the number of polling uh, stations provides equal access to black votes as they do in other communities. Um, Juneteenth to become a federal holiday, holla back. <laughs> and um, equal health care facilities in all neighborhoods, regardless of demographics. See, this is shit that everybody should be able to stand behind. This is basic human decency, I feel like. Basic. Basic human decency. We're having to write a contract just to ask for basic needs that other other groups are getting yeah. without any issues. And now you as a government official, as a white person, you can now not say, oh, I didn't know. You do now. And here's the contract. And here's a breakdown. Sign still delivered. Sign still delivered. I'm yours. <laughs> um, mass, oh, this is another point. Massive bank lending and finance reform. Yes. We have, um, we can do it. We can do it. All right. So, oh, here we go. Sorry, guys. Um, additional financial reform. A cookie jar company is any company that was knowingly involved in human trafficking, human bondage, slave trading, or slave labor at any point in its existence. Companies found to have directly benefited from the private prison system and those and those who perpetuated overtly racist policies will also be considered a cookie jar company. Um, judicial and public policy reform constitutional amendment codifying expansion of the 13th amendment by the courts um entertainment industry reform and reparations i like this because the entertainment industry is dominated by black artists black creatives Mm -hmm. and if you are not of color you probably have benefited from our talent in some way shape or form absolutely um and uh just kind of describing what he means by entertainment industry reform Mandatory funding of black studios by the largest Hollywood studios, record companies, and television studios and networks to compensate for years of lack of support, stereotyping, and damage to black culture. Each will be required to fund an amount yearly. 
Black studios will own and produce content by Black creators and will be run primarily by Black leadership. Content can be licensed to major studios. For a race to thrive, it must be able to create art that reflects its own views of the world. Racism still runs rampant through our society and Hollywood is providing the instruction manual. Listen. Bruh. Hey. Okay. That's it. Period. And then um, last but not least, monuments and institutions. Eliminate all Confederate and overly racist statues rather than destroy them. They are to be kept by the, Nas- by the National Archives, Smith- Smithsonian Institute, and or um, other state facilities. They are to be used only in displays and exhibits designed to investigate our racist past. This is not sanitizing our past as history exists in books and online. There is no need to display monuments of these types. Um, Just as we allowed the Saddam Hussein statue to be removed, as well as the Berlin Wall, where doors easily could have been inserted. So we spoke on that earlier. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Shouldn't be glorified. If you want to tell the history, that's fine. Put it in a museum. Just tell. That's it. That's it. You put everything else. You have no problem putting everything else. But now all of a sudden... This is, oh, no, no, no. This needs to be out in now, bro. So, um, shout out to Cube, man. Uh, This is dope. 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 He's totally transcended his role as an entertainer. And this is what it means to give back and to use your voice to further our progress. Mm -hmm. Shout shout out to him. That's amazing. All right. Um, Speaking of further in progress... The new stimulus package is supposed to <laughs> is supposed to be coming um, the first week with well, the first couple of weeks, couple of, weeks August. of August. I think, yeah. Um, <laughs> How are you feeling about this? <laughs> I feel like I'm not turning down free I, money. I'm not doing it. Never, <laughs> never. Um, I, you know, I think they knew that with these stimulus checks that they would the amount of people that they would have to give these with because what they recently I just read an article that said. Um, don't quote me. I don't know what the exact dollar amount was. I don't know if it was millions or billions, yeah. but something between millions and billions of dollars worth of stimulus checks were sent to the deceased. It's like, isn't, that the, isn't that the purpose of a birth certificate so that everyone knows that this person is no longer? So yeah. I feel, but I, in my mind, I think that that was a way for them to get some of that money back because they knew, bro, you're making out trillions of dollars to give out these $1,200, if not more, $2,400 stimulus checks. You know, like, no, we already in trillions of dollars of debt. That's the weird thing to me. Okay, y'all been saying y'all can't give out money or loans, etc. all this time. Where the hell did all this money just randomly come from? Bruh, y'all better print up some money and let's keep it moving. Hey, bruh. Hey. And the, I don't know shit about shit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I really but don't. it's just interesting how um, people are getting paid. And I feel like a clown for just wanting to it. be honest and work a real job 40 hours a week, Monday through Friday. But you know, hey, People get it how you live, pimp. I'm not hating on nobody. And all you're doing <laughs> is extending this because this is just because we're not taking the precautionary measures. This is not going to stop mm-hmm. anytime soon. So this is just going to be a continued extension of just like, all right, we'll do this now, or like extend this now. And okay, now we're all required to wear masks. Like, bro, why didn't you take care of the shit in the beginning when we was on quarantine for four fucking months, girl? And I'm over this. <laughs> I'm so over this. I think that is just now hitting me. Sorry, guys. Delayed reaction. But just now hitting me at how, like, this can be very spooky if this continues to go the way that it's going. Like, people have not been working for several months. 
the unemployment checks are about to stop. I believe the last check is going out at the end of the month. Yeah. That's it. And, you know, the cases apparently are going up. And, you know, I'm kind of on the fence with COVID because there's so much information being sent out. That's you don't know you if don't they're know. just reporting one type of statistic. You don't know if this is accurate. Like, I, false yeah. results and stuff. False like, you don't results. know. What like, you just it. don't know. Yeah, I mean, they're saying with the way this is at, since, you know, we haven't stopped and people are still out in these streets just doing whatever, uh, this will definitely still be here beginning of next year, going through mid, probably summertime of next year. And it's like, you're complaining that you want things to go back to normal, but still doing like, I just saw the video, like, don't get me wrong, I love my city, Chicago, but <laughs> y'all just turned up <laughs> for no reason, <laughs> turned up for no reason. It's like, come on, guys. Like... You just can't be out here just like in these mass numbers, like just. Girl, Atlanta, uh, we don't think that it applies to. Us. Clearly not. We were the first ones to be like, oh, COVID, no, we're done. We're done with COVID. We're Everything opening back, back up. <laughs> we're going to the club. We yeah. don't, it's not a club, it's a, it's a restaurant. So mm-hmm. they let it. <laughs> it's not a club, it's a restaurant. But, you know, I think even too with, you know, the governor wanting to sue the mayor of Atlanta and all that stuff, it's because he's like, yo, Atlanta is what brings in my money. Like, Y'all are the entertainment capital. You're known for um, your clubs. Your restaurants are really lounges. You know, we are the new Black Hollywood. Movies okay. are being filmed here. Like, we don't have time for 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 y'all to stop. We're going to be the new city with the most deaths of COVID. Yeah, that too. <laughs> like, which one do you want? Like, do you want the headline to be a double headline? Like, how would you like this put out there for the world? So, <sighs> Well, all I'm going to say is... um. You know, it would be nice if the next stimulus round of checks came through. You know, I will not turn it down. But, you know, uh, we definitely should not be depending on these government handouts because we don't know which way this is going <laughs> to, where this is going to take us. No. And most people are, you know, the ones that they've gotten just spent it on. What is it? What is our deal with, like, every time we get extra money, whether it's, like, income taxes or this, what is the obsession with purchasing new televisions? I, I I would really like. I just to, got a new TV too. Let me. I, hey, I'm a part of this. I'm part of the stereotype. What, what is it? What's with the new TV? I don't understand. Like, I don't know. I, if you don't tell, oh, we finna go get the four four Y four Y. <laughs> because I'm tired of the fat back TV, Seffy. That's why you ain't I even got a fat back, bruh. I didn't, but this is four K. It's different. <laughs> It's more clear. It's smart. It's Bluetooth. It's every Wi-Fi. year you gotta have it. Maybe not thing. every year. I probably won't do. But see, that's the thing. I think this is income tax time every yeah. year. This ain't no no not for me. I but then I can't speak for everybody. I think at the end of the day, like when it comes to income tax money, like that's your money. You know what I'm saying? You worked hard for it. You paid your taxes. And this is your income I'm tax. Not saying, I mean, but be responsible. That's it. Just be responsible. TV every year. No, it's just my rent. Yeah. <laughs> I think what the COVID has taught. <laughs> All of us is that for one, and I feel like we talked about this on on previous episodes, but just to reiterate, um, you got to have more than one stream of income. A savings account is so very important. When you get a free check, that does not mean to go spend and go get shit that you've been wanting to get but couldn't, you know? You couldn't get it then, you can't get it now. Yeah. So (laughs) just be responsible. That's it. So... Um, we're seeing real life power episodes play out. This shit is wild. Um, a federal judge's son was killed and her husband was shot at home by a gunman disguised as a FedEx driver. 
Um, let's see here. So the judge is, uh, her name is, last name is Sala. I know that. Let me pull up her full name. I'm thinking so I can, either way, we'll figure it out. You can Google. But Sala was um, New Jersey's first Latina U.S. District Court judge. Um, she presides over a, oh, she's presided over plenty of high profile cases, but her most recent um, was a case where she's, you know, looking over ongoing lawsuit from a Dutch bank um, who claimed to have not been aware of different endeavors with Jeffrey Epstein. And um, yeah, I guess her involvement with that has now caused her son to be dead, rest in peace, and her husband to be shot. Yeah, I think this that's extremely unfortunate. I think this whole Jeffrey Epstein is just they don't want this out. They don't want all this out because they've had this under wraps for such a long time. And now because of this, this is all coming to the surface. And I truly believe that they will do whatever it takes to make sure or try to make sure that this, the full truth of how deep this really goes doesn't get out. And it's, um, and it's alarming that more people aren't following the case or aren't enraged by it because I think it's because we just think that this level of dis of disgusting evil acts is just so outside of what we can fathom that it can't be true but son like is pedophilia no? I is like, so I feel messy. like it's more I feel like it's more of we've normalized it. Like, we know mm -hmm. how fucking corrupt the government is. Mm -hmm. We know about how corrupt these things that go on the black market, the sex trafficking. Like, mm -hmm. we know that this is all intertwined with everything political government. We know this. So, is mm -hmm. it really like, oh my God, like this, like this is normalized. This is like, I expected that. I'm surprised. I'm, I wish it would have came out sooner, but yeah. I'm not surprised by this. It's just now that it's it's been documented and made into a documentary now it's like oh well come on now like i feel like there have been clues about this and anything with this for decades even something as simple as when you think about brit when britney spears first came out her first single was hit me baby one more time she was 16 and the video was her in a catholic girl uniform short skirt dancing around you know like and nobody thought that that was weird back then. That's wild. They, but they knew that. But see, and I think that's where even with all this Wayfair stuff and all with the children mm -hmm. coming involved, you're taking advantage of children at their most vulnerable stage. Children mm -hmm. don't know any better at that age. They are looking towards adults and people, especially in high power positions who have connects in the music industry. Mm -hmm. Like they're selling you the dream that you mm -hmm. always wanted. So you're willing to do whatever it takes to get there, not knowing at that time that you're compromising yourself or that this is going to later come back to bite you in the ass like they will at that age you don't see anything but dollar signs you're just like oh this is a check i get to be famous i get to be on tv like bro they've been signs about this forever it's just now that it's all kind of being put in one thing it's just like oh say it was like a michael jackson thing they're like oh well you know come on guys we we've known about never never land for, never never land. <laughs> never, never land for right. a while we chose 
to be like, hey, but it's Michael. Yeah. We love him. He's a, we don't want to believe we it. We don't want to believe it. He's, you know, he's what we grew up on. Mm-hmm. That's our family history. You know, mm-hmm. we want to pretend we're going to kind of sweep us under the rug and kind of be like, oh, he's not as bad as he is. He is what Listen, he is. Listen, I don't know about nothing. And, and it doesn't make it right because nasty behavior is nasty behavior. Wrong is wrong. But when you look at, I, I just don't like a situation such as the Michael Jackson, is, is especially like R. Kelly. It's like y'all have deemed this one person to be the bad guy while not holding the people around people him accountable. accountable. Not holding the parents accountable. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care who you are. Jade, my child, my baby, the one that I birthed, she's not going to go spend the night over nobody's Nobody house does. that I don't know. No. And that's the problem. And that's you know, Like, I don't give a damn who you are. Mm-hmm. It's wild, and he's getting the blame because he—they're getting the you know the blame for it because they're the they're the they're the figures in the in the limelight. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the celebrities, so you're gonna put all the blame there. While not, uh, remember one thing about the R. Kelly documentary was like his I forgot who it was close friend, bodyguard, something like he was the one scheduling these things. These Bro, rights and shit. Yeah. How are how is he not being held just as accountable behind bars as he is? You scheduled these meetings with mm-hmm. these underage girls and this man, knowing what was going to happen. That's why Epstein's girlfriend, Gislaine, I don't know how to say her name. I think that's how you say it. I'm glad that they're now bringing her. Because the whole time throughout the documentary, when when he was on trial, I was like, why is she not locked up as well? Mm -hmm. When you have several accounts and testimonies, like, she groomed me. She found me. Mm -hmm. She brought me to the house. She's the one that told me it's okay and sent sent me to Prince Andrew's room. Like... Mm -hmm. Why is she not also under investigation? It's no different to like brothels. They have like I don't know what they're like technically called, but like the mom, like the mama, yeah. the mama hand over everyone. Like she is the madame. One, <laughs> madame, there you madame. go, madame. Mm-hmm. She's the one that's picking these girls up off the street, telling them what they need to do, and like you say, grooming them to mm-hmm. be these girls for these men. I'm sorry. What is she? Why is she not? Right. I'm sorry. Whew. So, um, and then even you just live in such a. The question I have, like, do you think that we live in more spookier times or does it just seem more spooky because we have access to more information and it's more publicized? Ignorance is bliss, bro. Right. It's been going on for so long, but just now we're like, oh, I don't have a choice but to know about it. Ignorance is bliss and I am a firm believer of out of sight, out of mind. Yes. And I I mean that in like a life way, like very much like... You can know something's going on and have seen it and read archives and be like, damn, that's really fucked up, blah, blah, blah. But it might be that, you know, 20 minutes that took out of your day. And then out of sight, out of mind, if you don't see anything else about that thing, you're not going to think about it until something pops up that, you know, reminds you of it or, you know, brings it back up to light. But absolutely. I think it's, no, I don't think we're in spookier times. I think these times have always been like this. I just feel like all this stuff is now being brought to the surface and you're forced to pay attention to it more now because every day every time you scroll on social media every other meme and funny thing is someone else is being killed or something else has happened it's just the desensitization Ooh, sat word baby baby (laughs) the desensitization see i messed up (laughs) you got got so excited (laughs) i'm not desensitized (laughs) i just don't like it like social media is like you willingly putting yourself or exposing yourself to traumatic ass imagery. Like I can't even watch scary movies because the images are stuck in my head and I'm like grown ass woman with like the lights on having to have TV on, you know what I'm saying? 
And so when we're on social media and y'all are y'all are just yeah. sharing <laughs> videos of people getting shot, people being tortured, people being jumped and getting beat up in these gory videos and these violent videos, it becomes people are desensitized to it and it becomes the norm and we're not outraged anymore. I'm not there. I don't ever want to get there. The shit is whack. It's horrible. No. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. No, it's definitely it's gotten to the corner where like you start off like, all right, let me get through. You get through the first couple and then you get to something you're just like, you know what? <laughs> I can't close. even. I'm good. Like, cause at this point, like I, after that, you just know it's just going to be more and more of the same thing. And it's like, how many times are you going to see the same story with a different name? Right. A different body attached. Even it? now, you know how Facebook and Instagram, they'll do the like, um, like they'll, oh, they'll blur, blur it out like, to click see it, that to is. See see this it. Video. But even that, like curiosity Kill kills us all the time. <laughs> like, oh, I think I can handle it. Like you'll read the caption. Oh, this doesn't seem that bad. And the video is like. Horrible. <laughs> so um, I've just done for me, I know that just to save my peace of mind and my mental health, I just either stay away from it or just scroll past real fast. So I'm not even tempted to click on the uncover. Yeah. Yeah. Yuck. All right. So let's talk about the rap industry, shall we? Um, rapper 42 Doug, uh, who is affiliated with Lil Baby, um, he's jointly signed to Lil Baby and Yo Gotti on Empire Records. Um, Twitter, <laughs> Twitter had a field day, was creating jokes and memes and gifts and all that good stuff because of a lyric that we believe to be misunderstood. Mm -hmm. So what we thought he said was, I was out here sucking dick and I had to pay the rent. And he was like, oh, he was sucking dick to pay the rent, <laughs> right? And so it was a lot of like gay jokes and things like that. He later came to Twitter and said, you know, the lyric was, hoes out here sucking dick, I'm trying to pay her rent. Mm -hmm. Okay, first of all, pronunciation and dictation <laughs> is important. Very important. Very important. But it now has exposed that here we are, 2020, we're supposed to be, you know, a culture of accepting and love is love. There's still some homophobia, I want to say. And I, I, don't, I don't know. But still homophobia some? in the hip hop community. Right. No, I mean, some as in like, yeah. just some, just, just a little bit. Most? Okay. <laughs> All of it. Over half? Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like, we, we like to try to believe that we're more... Um, understanding and more accepting than I believe that we really are. I yeah. think the facade that we put on is because obviously the right thing would be to be, you know, understanding people, if that's your business, do what you do, they're going to do with me. But, bro, we judge all the goddamn time. I got my Insta karma earlier with me, Jersey. Mind your business. Bro. I was like, look, stay out of that lady car. I didn't mind my business and I got my Insta karma. Was physically. Physically. Um, <laughs> and I think, too, like, from what I see, I don't, and that's why when when we label things as homophobia or hate speech, etc., is you have to be careful with words because you don't want to make it bigger than what it is. Because I don't know if what the jokes were or more so, all like we're making fun of you because you're gay and this is hate speech, or if it was just like making fun of the fact that he was sucking dick for, for rent for money. I, I would make fun of a girl if she exposed, like, hey, I was out here sucking dick for some rent money. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know if it was just joking based off of that or, or if it was, in fact, homophobia. Yeah. And I think, too, like, the media has... But there's a thin line between that, and I feel like many people 
even with that line, they don't care. But <laughs> like, they're still gonna come at you in whatever way they feel like they perceived it. And like I said, even if he did say that, and that's hey, that. you're Dang. an artist. You put things out there, and like, even though it's whether sucks, it be true or you're not, not, like you're opening yourself up to criticism and feedback, especially now that we have Twitter. Like, mm-hmm. like you're gonna get that. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, too, I think the media has perpetuated this stereotype of, like, a gay man is this, like, super feminine, prissy, like, I can't defend myself. Don't get it fucked up. Like, (laughs) that's not how it is. I done seen some folks put the paws on other Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, don't. And I think, and that's a problem. You underestimate, and that's judgment. Judging someone thinking, like, oh, I didn't seen this, you know, very flamboyant, you know. So flamboyant was the word. Yep. Flamboyant guy walking the street, not knowing that them heels, them heels come off. <laughs> them nails come off. And then, too, like, <laughs> my sexuality or femininity nothing. or whatever has nothing to do Sit with down. when it's a sink or swim survival situation. I am who I am, I am regardless with yeah. these lashes and this beat face on, I will still. I'll still knock you up if it comes down to it. I will knock if you buck, sir. Period. <laughs> Whew. All right. Well, um, do you have anything else that, that crossed your mind this week, entertainment-wise, policy-wise, anything you saw that was like, hmm? Um, you know, I took I had a delivery out, <laughs> and, like, it was far out. I don't even remember what city it was. But driving out there in the country, oh, this may just be a venting moment of the week. But driving out <laughs> there, like, the <laughs> driving out there in the middle of the country, I, you know, honestly, I was fearful. Mm. And for me, that was very surprising. I think that was the first time that I actually felt like a little on edge. Like I ain't seen not a nigga <laughs> um, for the past, you know, but not a nigga for about the past, you know five to ten miles like I'm in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and I think that I think that was the first moment that I ever in the middle of all this pandemic and stuff and you know I was just kind of like damn like this really could be any of us mm-hmm. this really could be this could be me you know mm-hmm. god forbid but this could be me and I remember driving out to the delivery and you know I d- dropped it off but I remember on the way back I was just like you know like, you know, just God, you know, just help me get home, make sure I get home safely. But that, honestly, it scared the shit out of me. Because that was the first time I think I really felt like anything could yeah. happen and it's me. It's just me out here. Yeah. I mean, I got my knife, you know, I'm a chef. <laughs> I'll fillet you up. I'll fillet you up real good. But still, it's just me. Yeah. Like, it's just me out here in the middle of nowhere in these dark-ass, you know, streets not knowing nobody out here. So... That was a very um, trying moment this week. <laughs> now, was the person that you were making the delivery to black or they were black? Okay. They ended up being black. Um, really nice ladies. You know, just looked up in the middle. What's the fuck? You know, it happens. But um, really sweet and everything. But yeah, that was. Um, I was like, okay, this. Is well, that was that, and I, I think this brings it back to ignorance is bliss too. Because had we not. Ha- were you were we not in a time where we're seeing images of there's still I evidence of racism mm-hmm. and you know there's folks out here still hanging black folks 
you would still be on your P's and Q's, but it wouldn't maybe be that fear that so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, maybe not to that extent. And you know, I'm thankfully, you know, I'm, I've always been a very good type of person. Like I'm good with my surroundings. I'm very good when it comes to remembering my surroundings and kind of peeping things out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that came, that has always been kind of like a saving grace. So I didn't remember while I was drunk. I've just kind of been looking like, all right, this was here. This is going to be a quick drive-by. Low. So I'm, and I remember, and I'm also remembering because like, especially in country roads, like all it takes is one quick little, and you're in a complete different mm-hmm. So I'm remembering, okay, I remember when I pulled in, there's a red mailbox at the end of this driveway here. Like I will point out, that, but that's my way of making sure I'm getting the fuck back home. Uh-huh. Like I'm not playing with y'all out here. I so. need to do better with that because if like so I'm, many people on the yeah. nav- I'm navigation mm-hmm. app. If I don't have that, I'm just saying, I don't know how to get there. Mm-mm. And But see, that's not, that's not even a reason. Like, I am very, I've lived here for damn most of my life, and I still use my GPS faithfully. Yeah. But still, like, even with my GPS, like, I always uh, check the route to see where I'm going to yeah. be going. Because mm-hmm. I need to know, like, okay, oh, I know this area. I kind of have yeah. my landmarks. But yes, landmarks girl, that's still, you have to, even with being, like, <laughs> GPS dependent still, that's so, that's a, definitely a skill that we need to work on, being more conscious of your surroundings, especially with all this you know sex trafficking going on and they're getting you at you know i just saw i read an article that said i guess the new thing is like they're basically hiding underneath your car especially females mm-hmm. so they'll hide oh. underneath your car and maybe like have like a switchblade or a razor uh-huh. and like they'll wait until like you obviously walk up to your car to open your door and like slice your ankle or something so okay. then of course you're reaching down and trying to figure out what's happening you know oh it's so spooky two minutes later unless you're able to fight them off you know that's life or death right there. And having a spirit of discernment is really a blessing because, like, sometimes you just have a feeling like, eh, this is a right. feel right, some in the air. It's just that the, the energy isn't right. And now you understand why your parents were all like, don't leave the house past this time. Please be careful texting when you make it. Yeah. Care. We never did. And yeah. We, and, and, I, you know, you don't understand it until you become a parent. But as, even as you get older, you're like, damn, like, they're right because this could have been this could have all gone left field that For quickly. Sure. And I'm alive and said, oh, I'm over here at so-and-so house knowing damn well I'm on the other side of town. <laughs> Sorry, mom. A hot mess. Well, um, that concludes what we think about this week, um, which was a lot. Was not expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> but on to introspective moments. Introspective moments with Nina. All right, so this week for introspective moments, we're going to revisit a sub segment within the segment that I introduced um, a while back, which is Ask Nina, hashtag Ask Nina, which is where you all send in your questions, concerns, um, anything that you kind of want us to discuss or what's been on your mind. Um, So this week I got a question. Um, hey Nina, long time listener and big time fan. I'm wondering your thoughts on house husbands. If you made enough, will you be willing to have a house husband? Is that visual a turnoff or do other women feel the same or differently from, from yourself? I'll let you start. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you start. Um, you know, you know, as I've gotten older and growth, you know, I've, 
I've learned of a, one of my things that I say to myself on a daily is like, today I shall judge nothing that I cannot control. Yeah. And I truly try to live by that because it's, it's just like, if I ain't got no control over it, why am I spending time stressing about it or mm-hmm. making it part of my day? I say that to say, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's your business. Like if you're, if your wife makes a lot of money and she, and y'all have had the discussion and it, and it for your situation, it is logical where it's like, Hey, you yeah. make enough money to cover everything everything i can stay home take care of the kids do what you gotta do i'm not looking at a man as he is weak or any mm-hmm. less of you know he's lost his masculinity because that has nothing to do raising kids is a whole goddamn job regardless of mother or father mm-hmm. single mother single fathers doing it separately is enough and i'm even having someone else as a spouse to help you it's still a lot so yes you're Woo. gonna need the help whoever whichever way you can get it mm-hmm. so if it's easier for dad to be at home with the kids let dad be at home with the kids all those kids are still getting taken care of and everything else is on that's your business like do what you gotta do for your situation because comparing that's it your business tabitha brown boys uh, 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 michelle um uh, shout out to i am for jesus um she had recently had she had recently posted something the other day and one thing that she had said that stuck with me she was like everything on my ig and instagram and all that they are all highlight reels mm-hmm. like they are the best of the best moments mm-hmm. of your life and she was like stop comparing yourself to people's highlight reels like you are comparing yourself to someone who's at their best moment face beat new at all this that's what they're showing you most people are not showing their most vulnerable side on social media mm-hmm. i'm showing you when i'm uh, when i'm beat when everything's out i'm on vacation out here thirst trapping i'm showing you the best <laughs> of the best yeah and that really stuck because it's like you do that all the time. One thing she also said, she was like, you could wake up one morning and just be feeling yourself and be like, oh, I feel good today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a good day. I'm getting nails, da, 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 da. And go on social media within 20 seconds, scroll and be like, well, I don't feel uh, as good as I felt before. How do we let people that we don't even know, that have no input in our lives, take us from, oh, I'm a bad bitch to 20 seconds later? Oh, I'm terrible. I'm not really and then, too, today. the fact that we know and it's documented and proved That's that true. a lot of it is fabricated. Like, you're really not at your best. You people take that one second time. to take this picture mm-hmm. and woot when that's not your bottle. Okay, that's not your bottle. That's not your bottle. That's not your stack of money. It's probably empty. Um, you took this picture and went into a situation that's probably not as good as mine. What happened before the situation? What happened before this? What happened after? The fact that we know that a lot of it is fabricated and it's still we still allow it to dictate our mood or our confidence for the day. Because those are our our insecurities. Mm -hmm. Our insecurities that has nothing to do with anybody else. Those are oh I'm insecure with myself or my body, so I'm seeing this instagram model with the whoop 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 and it's like well damn i don't have the that's a your insecurity you yeah. want to fix it fix it if not you better shake that jelly bitch and be, <laughs> and be about your shit, shit. <laughs> like, yeah pretty much seriously yeah i think my standpoint as i agree with everything you said and i think that you have to look at it per situation because what i've learned just from me being a mom and like stuff you said even having a partner and having backup Household responsibilities and raising a child is a lot, right? And if I know that that's a full-time job and it's difficult, how dare I now say because my husband is doing it, that makes him less than. Mm -hmm. My guy, you're working just as hard as I am, just in a different lane, Mm -hmm. right? 
So I personally would not mind it again if it makes sense financially, mm -hmm. if we're comfortable, if we're able to do it, that's going to benefit our child because they don't have to depend on nannies, daycares, etc. Like, bae, let's do it. Mm -hmm. What doesn't work for me is I would like for that not to be your only thing. Like, I definitely want you to still have like a passion project or have some kind of interest or something that's still building you up mentally, spiritually or something. Because I know that if your whole focus is just cooking, cleaning, taking care of the kids, it's going to be a disaster at some point. Mm -hmm. And then two, you can be a household dad if you're doing all those things. Mm -hmm. What's not okay is when a man now allows for his woman to take care of everything. Like I, we were talking about um, acrimony last week. Mm -hmm. She was working two jobs. And even though this situation is still a little bit different because he was still working on his passion project and trying to get his invention off the ground. But if you have a woman who is obviously tired and she's burnt and she's working double, tri triple time, and you're just at the house chilling and you're not trying to help at all. And you think just, just because you're home and like half ass are present and, and, and helping you, evolve these kids then no that's not okay so do you feel that way more because it's a man involved because you said like oh if you know it's okay if he's at home and da -da -da, yeah. but he has to have some type of like passion no, which i agree yeah. with but would that feeling still be the same if the woman was at home for sure and she was still need to have a passion project or something that just she something did. else because i think even i feel like it's more acceptable for women to not have that extra yeah. thing like it's acceptable for women to be just a stay-at-home mom yeah. i cook i clean i take care of the kids yeah. that's enough but for a man sometimes it's like that extra yeah is require like you just can't be not that I don't agree with I absolutely believe, like you should still have some type of hustle have your own thing like something for you yeah but I think a lot of times it's like oh it's acceptable for the mom to be a stay-at-home mom because people women dream of that like I just want to have a rich husband I can be a stay-at-home mom I don't have to do anything he pays all the bills I'm happy but for the man it's like no you need to you can do that but there needs to be something else and then dot 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 and then some I hold, I keep that same energy for both. Like I think even as a stay-at-home mom, it's not just for what the husband thinks. Really, first of all, it's about you. Like 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 you have to have something that is driving you. Not to say that raising your kids and bringing them up isn't isn't, isn't fulfilling enough, but I can speak from experience like if that's the only thing you're focusing on, you lose yourself. And then what happens when those kids are older and they're growing, they're out the house. Yeah, like you spend you your now? whole time focusing on just that kids. Yeah. And now, and that happens all the time. I see, you know, older parents and stuff who kids have left the house and they're like, well, what the hell do I do now? Yeah. Because you literally devoted everything to your kids and nothing for yourself or whatever passion you had, you put on hold when you had kids mm -hmm. and then never went back to it. And you're just like, well, what do I do now with my life? Like, that kids part. are out the house. I ain't. What and then happened? too, like, it's good. Again, you know, as women, I don't subscribe to the theory of everything we do is for the man. But first and foremost, like I said, it's for you and making sure that you have something outside of what a household, like a housewife mom is. Mm -hmm. But also it's good for a partnership because 
like you don't want to become this like stagnant complacent boring person to to your partner like like you both want to continually evolve and to grow and like he's going to come home he or she is going to come home and they have stories about their work day or what they discovered out and what are you going to have to to um, talk about, to talk about or to contribute to, to that. You know you what I'm saying? You see it all the time in like TV shows, like a wife will come home or something. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, da, da, da. And he's like, oh, well, you know, you know, little Joey, you know, ate his <laughs> alphabets in order today. And I was like, well, yeah, okay. That's but, it? You know, so back yeah. to what I was saying, it's like, oh, yeah. like it's, it's like downplayed that like, mm-hmm. oh, little Joey did something because it's not as important than the person as, with the yes. job. More important. It's all important. Yeah. For sure. It definitely gets downplayed. But yeah, you know, I think, like you said, to each situation, like you got to do what works for you in your situation. You have to do what if works, that for, works you for you in your situation. Honey, you stay your ass at home, do what you got to do to get them kids, be the mm-hmm. best father you can. And honestly, especially now, like it seems to be, you know, changing a little bit, but like, I feel like that extra time, like with that father, that father time with their kids, like take as much as it as it you can get it. Like it is so important, and it lacks so much in our generation, which is why so many of us are in the situation we have now, where we deal with things. We like we got daddy issues, bro. <laughs> Lack thereof. So it's like you're trying, like you said, we're trying to break generational curses. We're yes. trying to stop the things that happen when we. You know, as we grew up and be like, I'm going to make sure that I do yes. things differently with mine. For sure. Make sure things happen differently. Breaking generational curses as well as gender norms. Um, so, so like to kind of flip it back on what's expected of a wife and what's, what's expected of a husband. Um, Jude and I were watching F- Freedom Rockers. I haven't seen it in years. Mm, yeah, and it's interesting to go back and watch movies because like you receive it different now mm-hmm. that you're older. Right. And so as you know, the teacher, she started spending a lot of time at school. She started really putting a lot of time into the kids and really focusing on her career because that was her passion. She comes home one day. Her husband has his, mm, his shit packed. And she was like, why can't you just be supportive? And he was like, I can't be your wife. I was like, the fact that men expect women to endure all types of things and to have the patience and to be supportive and to be neglected to a certain degree. If he's out working on his career, why can you not reciprocate that? As what was the old was the old saying? It's always like um, men are always they're so good at um, dishing if they can't take it. Mm-hmm. They always say like if you if we did to men what they do to us, oh they would cave immediately mm-hmm. because they can't handle it. And they're not and they're not built and wired to handle it, which is why we were given it because mm-hmm. they knew that we would be as women we were the you know the. I don't no, I like that you said stronger race like or stronger that. sex because yeah. you know there are like the the pure things that women go through and all. Not to put number one, just being able to reproduce and bring children. Where you not finna sit here and <laughs> tell me right. a motherfucking thing about what Man little does. is being asked of you mm-hmm. when I'm doing all this. And then we got to get out of like I think. It's we got to get out of what what like you said like the the norms or what we think a marriage or what a wife is supposed to look like because you know men like to use this 
submissive word like I should have a submissive wife Mm -hmm. submissive is in no way shape or form what y'all think it means like oh I'm just not supposed to speak up like I am just supposed to be like yes husband anything you say husband submissive to me is like just knowing when to kind of step back and knowing that you're better equipped to handle this situation but you're submissive in a sense of where you know that I'm better equipped to handle this other situation Mm -hmm. and as women sometimes we like we kind of not degrade but kind of like what is it like we level ourselves down so that we don't hurt the male ego oh all the time when in all factuality we are designed to be movers and shakers into they say Behind every great man is a great woman because a great woman is there again, shaking and moving and getting things like, like kind of pushing your buttons, forcing you to get out of your comfort zone. At the time, it seems annoying. It seems like we're nagging, but it's really for the betterment of us, Mm -hmm. to be completely honest. Mm -hmm. Like I was over my, my grandparents' house earlier today and we were just talking about, you know, the power that comes from being a woman, a black woman, especially that we're just destined to hold power and to just make change. And he had this really awesome analogy to um, playing chess and how the most important mm. piece is the queen and where all the, the other pieces analogies are. It's the best. They are so they are so to the point. Right. I'm, I'm going to try to call him to see if he'll answer to break it down because I'm not going to be able to say it in the way that he did. Let's Yay. see. Fingers crossed, guys. Let's see what happens. Hi, Papa Jeff. Hi, Danny. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Um, You are live recording on what did I think about this week podcast. Am I right now? At, <laughs> at this very moment. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I'm so flat. Wow, this is amazing. <laughs> so, um, coincidentally, um, our topic today ended up turning into a conversation about women and the role that we play inside of relationships, inside of a marriage, and just in the world in general. And when I visited with you today, you gave the best uh, chess analogy. Awesome. Awesome. This is true. (laughs) And I just wanted to ask you to please kind of break down or share with the listeners what you were able to break down for me earlier. Okay. Well, you kind of caught me off guard with that, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I respect your format here, um, <laughs> and to to your listeners, particularly our women, um, it's important to know um, as Janine described um, my analogy using the game of chess, which is a very important game to know in its comparison to life. There are two powerful pieces of on the chessboard, and knowing that um, the most powerful piece on the chessboard is the queen, and the second most powerful piece on the chessboard is the king. 
knowing that the queen has the ability to move in any direction on the board, knock out any opponent on the board, and be as aggressive as she likes to be on the board. The objective is for the smaller pieces to take care of or protect the queen as well as the king, because the king can only move in one one step in any direction. Now, all of the power, of course, belongs to the queen. Now, understand that in life as a whole, the queen has the most power on this earth. The earth is of the queen. We all are birth of a woman. Knowing that the power of the ability to protect, to arrange, to organize, to build, to to grow and, and learn or teach her household as well as her surroundings is very important. So the king, of course, has the ability to empower the queen to do that because he has to allow her to maneuver and, and do all the things that she does to nurture life as we know it in the manner in which she does. Most of his feminine instinct and the power of her excessive knowledge or deep knowledge and wisdom to do this kind of nurturing. That empowers both the unit of the male and the female or the queen and the king. Having that kind of knowledge and ability allows us to grow as a nation and make things happen. So based on the power and the knowledge that you acquire in learning the game of chess, which I suggest that each and every one that's under the sound of my voice learn, you'll learn that that game gives you power in the game of life. Beautifully said. I was I was speechless, Papa Jeff. I was speechless. I wouldn't be able to paraphrase that at all. Right. Yeah, that was that was so beautifully put and it was so eloquently explained. I knew that I I needed you to say it because I would have not been able to deliver it in the same way. Oh thank you. Glad glad that it was clear. Because we have, a, we have a responsibility and an obligation to each other, first and foremost, as human beings. But we also have an obligation and a responsibility to each other as adults and as prospective contributors to humanity. Mm-hmm. Without having some level of wisdom in the form of respect to each other, we tend to we tend to adopt a crab in a barrel mentality. Mm-hmm. Like we get we get jealous of each other. We start thinking ill of each other. And we start de de dehumanizing each other. Mm-hmm. And it's not not right in our growth. It takes us in the. I, I gave you another analogy earlier to Janine about a parked car, whereby if you're going to move and progress in society and grow, the objective is to put the car in drive, 
press the gas and move forward. When you stop the car, you're only in pause. You're not putting the car in park, stop it and stay still. Your objective is to move forward consistently. Mm-hmm. And moving consistently means that that's positive growth. When you stop, life is not putting the car in reverse. You do not want to go backward because it can only slow or reverse your progress. Objective by because I'll I'll share it with you in the summary. God can't steer a parked car. Period. That's That's it. That's all. That's it. All right. Well, Papa Jeff, thank you so much for um picking up the phone, which I know you always do anyway, but thank you for picking up the phone and um, basically breaking that down for me again and for our listeners for 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 the first time. I appreciate you. I love you. And I'll talk to you a little bit later. You're welcome. And I'm honored. I'm always honored to be on your podcast. I'm always honored in your presence. You are my wonderful granddaughter. <laughs> and I love you so I want you to always maintain the power of love, life, and freedom. Liberty is very important as you move forward through this expression of life. And to your listeners, God bless you all. Keep your ear to this podcast because you can expect great, great, great things, whether it be in the level of humanitarian or or it be in the level of education. God bless you all. I love you, Papa Jeff. God bless. I'll talk to you later. Okay, baby. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it, folks. That's the kind of conversation that I have when I go visit my grandparents and we drink whiskey or, or water or tea or coffee. We, <laughs> we listen. This is, and this is what we get. But I just think it's so interesting at how he did not know that this was the conversation of today's podcast and yet that was a conversation we had earlier today so interesting that's yeah i remember when he said you know chess you know it's i've seen multiple documentaries about like you know the professional chess players especially children Mm -hmm. and he is so so right when he said that like if you can understand the game of chess it'll make everything mm-hmm. in life seem that much clearer. now i want to say that i don't fully understand the game of chess <laughs> i'm gonna <laughs> say day. that right now one day what? but you know i see i've seen documentaries and like watch these kids play and just people mm-hmm. play and you can tell that like everything is like strategically thought through mm-hmm. and you can tell that like every move is like i know that this move, it's mm-hmm. just it's it's like it's pinpointed laid out for you so the fact that you said that it's like i think that is so true and i will definitely take um better interest in learning more yes. about chess and if we can take anything from this um Protect your queen. Protect your black women. That support part. your black women. Black king, support your black queen. Yeah. We will, I'm telling you, like you were saying earlier, even about submissive, it's just like people use that word in the wrong way. But what you're also missing is that 
if you're expecting or wanting your woman or the person in your life to be that submissive person, you need to make sure that you are giving what you need to give in mm-hmm. order for that to happen. That's the problem. It's like a, it's like a one way street. Yes. You want the submissiveness or what you think the idea of submissiveness, what you said, like, Oh yes. Okay. Yes, sir. Da, da, da. Yes. But, husband, no husband, mm-hmm. whatever you like. But husband. you still don't want to do anything on your part to be the dominant who mm-hmm. deserves that damn submissive. Mm-hmm. I will be your submissive, but you need to make sure that you're being the dominant in this and doing your part and i think too and don't get it fucked up like neither one person at least i would like to think is always a dominant is always the submissive like play your role know each other's strength and weaknesses know when it's time for me to fall back and for you to take over and vice versa so that way we don't have to get into a conversation about my ego or 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 your ego being damaged because one person just has to be in charge all the time mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I, I mean a cliche saying you know happy wife happy life you know if you the woman the in your life is taken care of i promise you yes everything else will fall into place for you period everything else will fall into place indeed um so we're not going to get out of here without us um talking about and congratulating and bigging up Sefi with her new business endeavors the last time she came on here she was like um just know that something's coming y'all don't need to know what yet just know when it drops it drops and the streets is going to be talking and guess what the streets have been talking they're talking it's honestly the I am extremely humbled. I am extremely blessed. You know, given I think everything happens for a reason and I truly believe that, you know, me coming back when I did might have been a temporary thing. It was supposed to be for three weeks and here I am, you know, seven months later. (laughs) Still here. Seven months later. (laughs) Still here. But um, honestly, I am extremely grateful. I'm extremely blessed for all the support. I definitely didn't expect. I remember the... I don't remember. I think it was the day that I did one of the week before when I did a shrimp and grits. And I remember waking up that morning. I was like, all right, you know, I'm gonna wake up and post, you know, see what happens for the day. And I remember immediately after I posted, it might have been like 10 minutes and somebody was like, can I be there in like two hours to pick up? And I was like, oh shit, it's gonna be that kind of day. Okay, let me get up. <laughs> right. Because I was not expecting it to go like that. And yeah. it did. So I am blessed. Thank you for everyone that has supported, whether that have been through sharing my post, who actually came by and bought some food you know just word of mouth I I don't know what to say. I'm truly appreciative. It's amazing. Oh, and, and we didn't say it, but um, Sefi's catering um, business is at Sweet at Chief. At Sweet Chief Eats. Eats is with a Z. Yes. Not with an S. Eats with a Z at the end. For sure. So, um, all social media platforms. Well, not all of them. Tw- uh, Facebook, Instagram, for sure. Not yeah. on Twitter, but, you know, possibly. I'm learning to be more active <laughs> Bro, on Twitter. I'm I can't. So I, feel like, I feel like I have... I feel like I've already downsized my social media to what I haven't gotten into. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to add another yeah. one on me, though. I know Twitter is a great platform for, yes. especially promoting business. So I'll definitely look into at least one just for my business page. For sure. <laughs> Not the person. Um, like like Sefi said, first week she did shrimp and grits. Second week she gave him what she got for a poke chop. <laughs> she gave him what she got for a poke chop, okay? <laughs> Um, homemade poke chop sandwich. Uh, when I tell you things were stacked, baby, <laughs> I'm trying to be no swine season, but listen, hey, you know what's funny? I was, that's why I was telling people, they're like, oh my god, this sandwich is so good, and like the pickles are so good. And I'm like, I'm really happy that you guys like it, but I would know, they're like, what do you mean? I was like, well, I didn't, I didn't taste it, and it's not, <laughs> I, didn't taste, I it. didn't taste it, it's more of the I don't, I don't eat pork chops, and I really don't like pickles, but it's like, you don't necessarily like, of 
course tasting it as I'm cooking going along but it's like I know flavors I know what works so it's yeah. like I know this will marry well together and I'm mm -hmm. glad that the feedback marry well together okay <laughs> chef <laughs> I'm glad that the feedback um was reciprocated with that yeah that's been super dope so that's what's up so yeah pork chop sandwich is still available chop sandwich. Still tomorrow Sunday after that Monday y'all get a new dish so, so I say um she just said that but y'all gonna hear this on Monday you're not gonna be able to get a pork chop sandwich yeah, for that recipe you're gonna be upset back. so I'm trying to tell you put your pre-orders in now Sunday is your last day. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, Sefi, thank you so much for being part of the podcast again. Always. Um, make sure you all follow Sefi's business page at, at Sweet Cheeks Eats. Eats with a Z. That's right. Um, new dish every Monday or every Sunday, correct? Every Monday, every Monday. Every Monday. Mm -hmm. Um, Make sure you uh, support. Shout out to everybody listening in again on Six Families Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in on all podcast platforms. If you have not already, please subscribe to the um, to the show. Make sure that you rate. Um, give me some feedback. You can send in questions for hashtag Ask Nina to any of my DMs, or you can send it to my email Nina Thinks Podcast at gmail.com. I'll put the tags and everything. Um, I hope everybody has a good week. Peace.